0: Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com.
1: All
0: right. Um... This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, and lately uh, the the content has been kind of all over the place, right? Last episode was actually pretty professional and pretty well put together, but this episode is not professional. It's not well put together, but I I bet you're going to have more fun listening to it than you do other episodes. Now, here are the topics of conversation in today's episode. Music from high school, chicks from our past who are not our wife, things I wish I knew before I was 30, original Nintendo, and shit my dad taught me. Those are five topics that I'm going to be breaking down with returning guest Tony Peterson. And I think me and Tony fit well in this podcast because we've been doing the the content game for so long we need an escape and this podcast is an escape to talk about anything and everything except deer hunting and so look for a lot more of that uh, coming up and I don't mean a lot I'm not going to be replacing my uh, my deer hunting talk and content but I will however be talking uh, more about you know, I'll be including more topics that are not necessarily deer hunting related. And so, the go- with the goal of capturing your attention outside of the hunting season, right? I mean, that's really what it boils down to. But, dude, it's, it's a fun conversation. You're going to learn nothing from this episode, but uh, you probably don't learn much from this, uh, this podcast anyway. It's a fun episode. Tony's back in the house, and that's what we're uh, talking about today. Now... Before we get into this uh, podcast, I have to vent a little bit. Like, life has been absolutely bananas right now in life. I mean, I wake up in the morning, that's usually when the high blood pressure starts. I have high blood pressure and heart palpitations just about to the time that the kids get off the bus my heart rate goes down my blood pressure goes down i'm able to function and i go ahead and i do my daily job i you know i i I live in a society in this society i i cope and then the kids get off the bus my heart rate skyrockets again and i have you know like you wouldn't look at it But You know, you wouldn't know by looking at me, but I'm in a constant state of panic attack pretty much and high blood pressure. Like I'm, I'm going through cardiac arrest at some point uh, throughout a day, or at least that's what it feels like. And that's how stressful my kids are and and how chaotic our life is at this, at this point. But I love every second of it. Don't get me wrong. I love every second of it. Um, We're in about 80 activities. So the other day I'm working, Right. And my computer just shuts off. It just shuts off. And uh, I go downstairs and I'm like, oh, man, I'm having issues. So I, I take it in. The guy takes takes it apart. He runs diagnostic on it. And he goes, it looks like someone spilled milk or orange juice in it. And it didn't look like it had and anything had been spilled on it to me. But he, he's like, it's been in there for a while. It just maybe if you got it to me earlier, I could have cleaned it out and we would have been able to, to save the computer. But no, we were not able to save the computer. And so I had to go the next day to, um, to Best Buy and buy a brand new laptop. And while I was there, uh, I upgraded another computer as well. So I spent about $4,000 on new computers so I can continue to run this business. Because for a while there, I was dead in the water. Right. So I lost everything that was on uh, my computer. I mean, tons of trail camera pictures. Uh, most of my stuff is, you know, most of the important stuff is saved to a hard drive. But you get the you get the picture here. Now, uh, I, you know, like I, I went past the point of frustration because it's it's a necessity for the business. So I spent the money, whatever. This kind of big budget purchase for me means. Like unless I make more money this year, I'm probably going to have to cut back on a hunt uh, this year uh, be- because of what I just had to spend. It's basic, you know. It's it's basic finance, right? If you spend a lot of money, you can't spend it anywhere else. So anyway, um, so the goal is to recoup that somehow. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm I'm brainstorming all these uh, different ideas, and so I sit down for supper last night and I said, hey. Just out of curiosity, did anybody happen to spill any water or milk or juice on my computer? My daughter's like, absolutely not. I did not do it. I promise, Dad, I promise. My oldest son, he's like, Dad, I promise I didn't do it. I, I promise because he the dude the dude will be walking through the kitchen and he'll just like drop milk so if I was gonna pick one kid I would have picked him but he's like no I promise I, I didn't do it and my youngest boy five years old looks up at me and goes dad I spilled water on your computer a couple weeks ago I'm like are you serious buddy when did when did you do it because my computer has been up in my office for two weeks he goes it was down here and I was at the table eating breakfast and I knocked over my water and it went you dude told me the truth and it was two weeks previous. So there's no point in getting mad at it. You know, just like, Hey, next time, can you please tell daddy if something like that happens, you know, inside I'm boiling. Right. Uh, but it, it worked out. So that happens almost on a daily basis at our house. And so that is the life of me. And so, but I'm thankful that I get to be where I'm at. I get to do what I do. Uh, I just got to work a little bit harder now to, to make up for, for that, for that loss. And I learned my lesson to not let my, do not bring my computers anywhere near my kids or any type of electronic device, leave it in my office and then just commute back and forth from downstairs to the office. So, um, I don't know why I shared that story, hopefully because it's relatable to, to, uh, some of you guys. And, uh, right now, hope like all I can say is right now I'm trying to stuff four pounds of shit into a two pound bag. That, that is my, that's a breakdown of my life. There's so much going on. and but I have to keep telling myself and remember remembering and everybody who's got older kids tells me, dude, you're going to actually miss this at some time. Now, I don't know how true that is, but, um, I can, I just really want, I just really want to be present as much as humanly possible. I want to be able to enjoy my kids at all stages of their life, uh, not just the convenient ones. And so I'm, uh, I have to take a step back at times and just be like, enjoy this. And so I'm trying, I'm working really hard to enjoy these moments uh, with them because they are, they are few and far between and they're, they're precious. So, uh, that's what I have to say about that. We're going to do commercials. Now, if you're looking for a saddle, go check out tethered. Uh, they have saddle hunting accessories. They got platforms, climbing sticks, uh, they're new, their newer climbing stick. I held one in my hand it, feels like you're holding like three pieces of paper that's how light it is Uh, they have they have saddles and they have all the content you need on their youtube channel or on their website so go check out tetherednation.com wasp archery if you're looking for the best broadhead on the market that's my personal opinion you need to go check out wasparchery.com discount code for 20 percent off nfc20 go go spend your money on wasp man majority majority of their heads are still made in america i'm a huge fan of the jackhammer three blade and the boss four blade so go check those out if you're looking to be more involved in hunting you need to go check out hunt stand hunt stand is an app Uh, i'm sure most of you guys know what what it's all about you know Uh, so what you need to do is go to huntstand.com read up on all the functionality Right, it has all the abilities just like all the uh, other hunting apps. You can view property owners, you can view, um, you know, property boundaries, you know, you can leave little pin drops here and there. And what that allows you to do is to document all the time and journal all the time that you spend in the woods. So, go check out huntstand.com, read up on the functionality of that uh, app, and then also while you're there, check out the pro whitetail platform upgrade that they have just recently released so if you're a, a serious die-hard whitetail guy you need to go check that out last but not least vortex optics i mean a company that just represents the hunting community in the hunting industry as a t uh, they give back uh, to their clients and their, their customers in several ways and then just like everything else they have an awesome selection of optics rifle scopes, spotting scopes, range finders red dots I'm going to be picking up a red dot here for turkey hunting season and I was going to buy a shotgun for this uh, turkey hunting season but I got a couple of new computers instead but what I'm getting at is vortex optics is the shit so go check out vortexoptics.com. take a look at all the uh, optics that uh, they offer and I'm sure not only are you going to find something that you really like and that you could use but you're going to find a team of people who are dedicated to supporting you. The, the end user. Lastly, you know, I'm I'm trying to give back a little bit. Talk a little bit more about conservation. Two percent for conservation is uh, a conservation effort that allows you to decide where you want to spend your time and money. It doesn't have to be with a big organization. It can be at a very local level. All they care about is that you're giving back and it allows you to get 2% for conservation certified. So find out more at fishandwildlife.org. Go check it out. That's the intro today. Long, but I wanted to vent a little bit. You guys are, it's me talking into this microphone is almost like therapy for me. So it's my whitetail therapy. This podcast gets crazy. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review and let's get into today's episode. Three, two, one. Well, he's back on. Don't don't know why. Uh, I, I mentioned <laughs> I mentioned it to him uh, before we started recording that I feel like I feel like I'm the Make-A-Wish kid who's kind of tricking you. Like you feel sorry for me, so you continue to come on the podcast when it serves you no benefit.
1: <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that, buddy.
0: <laughs> At least it's some some really cheap entertainment for the day.
1: Well, you know what? I I had a revelation recently. We were right at the end of Pheasant Season here in Minnesota. I was sitting in a hotel room with a buddy of mine and he turned on, I don't know, sportsman's channel or outdoor channel or whatever and it was Meat Eater was on. And he's like, Oh sweet, we get to watch Meat Eater and we watched for about five minutes. I'm like, Can we change it? <laughs> and he's like he's like, Don't you wanna watch this? And I was like, Do you wanna watch your boss hunting in Hawaii? <laughs> Like, uh, and you know, like people, it is such a weird thing. People don't understand. I'm like, you know, when you've been hunting deer for your job for a long time, like it's pretty nice to just talk about other stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> these podcasts are usually like loosely based on being deer hunters, yeah. but not, you know, you, you know how it is. You do so many, so many podcasts with different people where it's like, you know, how to, you know, yeah. how'd you kill this bug? How would you kill this bug? Yeah. How would you skip this? How would you do this? And, you know, I'm like, if I was a plumber, I wouldn't be going on plumbing podcasts and being like, well, I fitted this pipe this way, or I installed this toilet this way. I'd be like, get me away from this shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, 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 not only do I like these, but I need these. Like I, (laughs) I need the now after doing, you know, so I started the nine finger chronicles in 2014 and Although there's a lot of different stories and the terrain and the landscape, you know, there's there's a lot of differences. The, mm-hmm. the theme of deer hunting and how I go about asking questions to, to get the story out of people is kind of the same. So when I can break away from that and, you know, be like, hey, Tony, do you want to talk about... <laughs> John Claude Van Damme for for a day, and you say yes. That that makes me smile both internally and externally.
1: Uh, you know, we've. You maybe don't remember this, but we talked about Van Damme on one podcast, and I'm starting to get a little bit of a man crush vibe from you. That maybe you uh, you're you're really into John Claude Van Damme,
0: dude. I had a blood sport full size cutout of him in our house, and. I never wanted to fight the cutout because I so like I would do my moves in front of him when I was younger, and then be like, "Hey, man, do you think that was good?" And I'm talking to a cardboard cutout of Jean Claude Van Damme, right? Thinking he's going to answer mysteriously, go, "Your moves are awesome, Dan." You know. (laughs)
1: Hey, don't take this the wrong way, man, but did did you have any friends then?
0: (laughs) I had a couple. One of them was what's, an what's Asian young kid. What's John
1: Dan doing? Oh, he's playing with a cardboard friend?
0: Yeah. One time, I had an Asian uh, friend. I lived across the street. Um, so in the seven, uh, in the um, late 60s and 70s, when the Vietnam War was popping off, all these uh, refugees, I guess you could call them refugees or transplants, they c- came from Laos and Vietnam, so all these Loatians moved into our town. And uh, so I lived across the street and they all moved into the trailer court in that time frame and then they had kids. So I went to kid I went to high school with a whole bunch of Luatian kids. And so one of the kids lived across the street from me who was my friend, but he didn't really talk that good of English. So we would just kind of ride bikes with each other and that was it. I mean, I had some other friends too, but he was the closest friend I had. And uh uh, he didn't really talk much. I don't even think he talked to me at all. He would just, he'd see me, he would do like a head nod. And then his mom would yell, like when it's time to come in, his mom would yell something in Loation to him. And then he would, he would like turn around and come in the house. And so, and my mom was like, Oh, who is that you're playing with? I'm like, I don't even know the dude's name. So <laughs>
1: that I I don't know why that that doesn't surprise me at all
0: yeah and so there was another kid in my neighborhood who was older than me and he was a bully and um you know when you think of karate or when you think of like I don't know mixed martial arts you know you think it's like some kind of crazy street fight so this bully started picking on me and throwing rocks at me and this other guy who uh, I forget his I don't even know his name um he was throwing rocks at us and this kid did a spinning a flying spin kick in the air and kicked him in his chest and he never bullied us again. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. It was it was so cool.
1: That's exactly what's supposed to happen in that situation. Yep,
0: exactly. And I was like, "Dude, you just did a a, a flying spin kick." And I, I had been in taekwondo and I couldn't even do that for several <laughs> years and uh, and this kid just pulled it. He was in jeans and like boots. And he did this flying spin kick and I was like blown away. And I was like, dude, anything you need, you let me know. And he didn't, (laughs) he didn't say anything back to me because he couldn't talk English. So
1: (laughs) that's incredible.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, so we, I have a, I have a list. Well, first off, first off, before we get into today's, uh, topic, which is no topic. What, how, how did your pheasant season go?
1: oh man so fun i I'll tell you what if somebody if somebody said to me I have to give up deer hunting or pheasant hunting at this point in my life I'd have to sit down and it would be a real tough decision yeah I, I love it I mean you know the numbers are pretty pretty dang good yeah. and just the late season hunting with my dogs man I just if that season went two more months I would be divorced and so happy
0: yeah <laughs> that's not how that sense is supposed to end
1: <laughs> listen i'm just being honest
0: okay all right
1: i would hunt pheasants every day my dogs would be they would look like the most athletic specimens of black labs you've ever seen it would be incredible
0: those uh pit bulls who they put on those dog treadmills to make their muscle like yeah. get, get the huge muscles but they'd just be a lab version of that oh man it'd be so badass hey all right, check this out. So I had a, my uncle had a dog. It was, uh, um, I, it was kind of a gray lab. Is that a, a lab Weiner, Weimaraner mix? Is that what they're called? Well,
1: yeah. It, was it a silver lab?
0: Yeah, I think it was a silver lab. Yep. But he was, he was huge. I mean, he was a, a male. They never got him uh, castrated. I mean, he was this, he would, he was like, he was a tank. He would just lay in one spot all day long. But then when my uncle would be like, Let's go. He, he, like, transformed into this ad, agile monster, and his name was Cujo. They named him Cujo. And so, Cujo was, was known for not even, like, he would point, and if you weren't on him to, like, he would stop. He would point for, like, one second, and then he would just go get the pheasant and bring it back to you. So, he never jumped the birds up so we could shoot them. He would just grab them and bring them back to us. <sighs> so, I don't know. From a training standpoint, I've never trained a dog. I'm guessing that's not a good thing.
1: No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, no. But that's not like a, I wouldn't say it's a common story, but yeah. it's not like totally uncommon for dogs to do that.
0: Yeah. 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 And then I also one time saw him pull a raccoon out of a barn and, and kill him and start to eat him. So, um, my mom, after she saw that said, maybe you should just stay away from that dog. And so, and then a couple years later, I don't Cujo went somewhere and never came back.
1: You know, that, that kind of mentality in a dog, that temperament. Yeah. You know, you get that out of the, a lot of the German breeds, the draughts and the wire hairs and some of the more popular german breeds you're getting right now because you know over in europe those dogs do everything they're not just bird dogs they're they're fur dogs too and some people love it you know they love that kind of just gur intensity yeah and that is just not my style i want a dog that does not want to kill a raccoon
0: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) or a porcupine because they view them as the same freaking thing yeah
0: exactly exactly so it was uh, a, a good season for you nonetheless Oh, it was great, man. Yeah. I
1: mean, it was, we had, we had the kind of conditions, you know, we had an early winter, early starts of the winter. So, and when you get the right snow, you know, those pheasants, they're not, they're not running as much. And so they're, they're sitting tight. And so just the, the quality of flushes we had this year and the quality of shots we got was awesome. You know, and we're, I mean, we're only hunting public land. And so these birds get piss pounded all season and so when you get close flushes on a rooster it's awesome and we just kind of kept perpetually getting those conditions because of the snow and it was dude it was so fun.
0: Yeah. Um I I dude I I loved pheasant hunting when I was a kid my uncle would take me out and we'd go up in north, you know, north central Iowa and hunt ditches and let the dog around the ditch and and Or even just we would walk the ditch or we'd walk these uh, terraces and buffer strips and like little waterways. And man, I had so much fun doing that. It's just something that it's so hard to do now where my uncle back in the day when we were doing it was just, hey, I know this guy. Let's go here and just walk his field and shoot a pheasant out of it. Now everybody has is different right you got to knock on the doors you have to try to find the, the places usually there's someone else who does it and the ditches are all sprayed or mowed and it's uh not a good thing for the pheasant population
1: yeah that north central part used to be unbelievable yeah. uh but if you look at you know I, I didn't hunt iowa this year i hunted it a lot last year uh, man you guys got a lot of birds on public land down there yeah. like I wouldn't I I wouldn't be afraid to go hunt the public land in a lot of places in Iowa right now. Yeah. Well, right now I wouldn't do it cuz <laughs> the season's over, but yeah, you know yeah. what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, that's good, man. Uh do you then transition into ice fishing here pretty soon?
1: You know, I don't ice fish anymore. I grew up ice fishing, but I can't eat fish. I'm allergic to fish. No
0: shit. Okay.
1: Yeah, and you know, you know how it is. I mean, you probably you were just at ATA, right? Right. You know, for, well, for 10 years, I was equipment editor of Bowhunter magazine. And then, you know, I just wrote so many gear pieces and so much of my output for the year was like from, you know, right before ATA to about turkey season. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, you know, I gotta, I gotta give something up. Like I gotta, I have to be in the office this time and. So I kind of got out of it, but, you know, my girls are 11 and I live in a, I mean, I have tons of lakes around my house. Yeah. I, every year I'm like, I need to just go get some stuff and, you know, resupply a little bit and start it up. But I just, I'm like, I find other stuff to do and the work comes and I just, I don't, but I kind of miss it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find an equal balance or something else. Cause right now it's bow hunting. You know, uh, take a trip in September. Take a trip in October. Uh, I'll hunt the rut here in Iowa in November, and then maybe I'll do a late season or an out-of-state hunt in December. Right. So I got those four those four months there. But I, I want to do more fishing, or I want to do more turkey hunting, or I want to do more. You know, back in the day when I could do all of it. You know, I, I yep. wish I, I wish I could do one other thing more. And that thing I would love to be able to do it with someone who is, you know, five or older. Does that make sense? <laughs> yep. Yeah, so <laughs> I can so I can just bring my kids along with me. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no, it makes total sense. I mean, I, I'm I'm heading out right here at the end of the month, uh a but two buddies and I decided this summer because I've I've started fishing in the ocean when we go we usually we go down every spring break to Florida somewhere and I take my girls and I rent a place on the water yeah and I have started to get like real hooked on saltwater fishing oh boy Uh, and oh dude and so anyway I was talking to my buddies and I was like we got to do this because I'm out you know I'm always fishing with my girls and it's a blast but you're fishing with kids you know right and I'm like let's just go and so this summer I kind of just impulsively booked a a house on the water, um, on one of the canals in Cocoa beach that has some mangroves across from it. Okay. And we're heading down there and I cannot wait. Cause it is like, you know, I mean, if you love fishing and you, you grew up, you know, freshwater fishing or whatever, it's just like a whole new world. That's so fun. Yeah. Like I just, I, I do it dark to dark after dark. A lot of times and catch those catfish that are down there and just like, I just, I love it so much.
0: Yeah. My buddy Bob, he, he went down there and did that. I, I'm, it was either Florida, and I think he may have even went to Puerto Rico, uh, and they have a situation like that where they have some mangroves, and he was catching a variety of different fish. I even, like, small, not the big tarpon that you would yep. see, but a smaller version of that, I guess, or something, Something maybe just smaller tarpon in these mangroves. Were and, they snook? Uh, they could have been. They were silver. they looked like tarpon. But he was doing it on a fly rod. uh,
1: I don't know. Could have been snook. Could have been ladyfish. Could have just been tarpon.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah. So, so they were. uh, um, Yeah, man. Salt the saltwater fishing game, though. That seems like a whole new world.
1: You know it is, and it's one of those things that you there's like a perception out there that you got to go hire a charter and. It's a it's a heavy lift, right? It's right. expensive, and you need the right gear. And I started just, uh, you know, bought a couple travel rods that I could throw into a check bag, and then kind of morphed into throwing a casting net to get my bait and learning about it more. And we catch, you know, every year we we'll go, we go down, and we probably catch a dozen different species, and you catch them from shore. You find, you know, like boat launches or parks where you can fish off of, or the, the beach thing is weird. Like if you, if you have the right conditions, fishing off the beach is a blast, but a lot of times it's really difficult unless you have kind of like specific surf rods and you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but there's just like, there's so much life. Like there's so many things to catch and so many different ways to do it. You know, you can go buy live shrimp or you can buy, you know, frozen squid or whatever, or you can catch your own bait or throw lures. Yeah. And it's just, to me, it's like, man it is just pure fun
0: yeah yeah i would definitely enjoy something like that i don't know i heard my another guy i know went down to belize and he did some ocean fishing off the coast of belize and he said that was a ama- an amazing experience too um i could see that
1: I, yeah. I i i was in belize for just a little while one time snorkeling and that place Man, if if somehow if Steve Ranella really ever sees the value in me, invests real money in me, I'll be down there more. (laughs) Right now I feel like I'm a little overlooked, but man, if that if that check ever comes, right that that place, if I remember correctly, I think all of the beaches in Belize are are public. Okay. And they were like sugar sand. Well, at least where we were, you know. I mean, this is like yeah anecdotal, right? But it was like you, th- you think about kind of a tropical paradise, man, it was, it checked a lot of boxes.
0: Yeah. And well, the guy who was down there, he's like, the beaches aren't maintained. So it's not, it's all natural. Some like yep. where he was at, of course, I'm sure there's some resorts or hotels or places right on the water, but you know, up and down it, it, the coast, you can just, you can go disappear if you wanted to.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know how it is. I mean, that that's why we go hunt different spots, yeah. right? Like it, it's fun. You know, if you're in the deciduous forest of Southern Iowa and you're pretty used to that ag country, and then you go hunt those deer in the Badlands or something, same kind of thing. you just like, yeah. I just, I like this game. I just want it played on a different field. Yeah. And, you know, that, that saltwater stuff, man, it's just, it's so cool.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I have five topics written down here. Each each topic is associated with a number, number one through five. And so this is going to be at random today. Um, I want you to pick a number between one and five, and then I will read the topic, and then we will discuss, okay? Three. 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 Okay, three. This is things I wish I knew before I was 30. Oh. <laughs>
1: Is this going to be a fourteen-hour podcast? I
0: mean, <laughs> I mean, we like. I'll just say this, man. I wasn't a adult until I was like thirty-two, like thirty-one-ish, yeah. thirty-two-ish. Honestly, having a kid probably changed me the most, if not saved my life. And yeah. so, and so, like. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I learned, um, you know, I hate to say it, but my 20s and my, th- and the first two years, like, there was an 11-year period in my life, and I've said this before, where I was just a pile of shit. I was like, I I did not provide anything to society. <laughs> yeah, I had a little bit
1: of that going on, too.
0: Yeah. So, was there <laughs> was there any, like big things that like Tony Peterson now goes back and tells, you know, 25 uh, year old Tony Peterson, uh, like, Hey man, try, try it this way. Or, 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 you know, like before, before my older cousins tell me, Hey, touch that wire, it's an electric fence. And I, I touch it, you know like, don't touch electric fences. Like it could be as simple as that. I, I don't know Th- this idea popped into my head and I'm trying to go with, go on the flow with it, go the flow with it.
1: Oh man. Like I have like eight things. Okay. One of the things that just, it drives me nuts to hear is, you know, people are like, oh, the stock market's rigged. Like, you know, the, the big guys are making all the money and the little guys never will. And I'm just like, it's just a, it's just a measure of what companies are worth. Like, so, you know, I mean, I try to explain this to my daughters because I want them to have a grasp of it. I'm like, if you go, if you look at Apple as a company, which is probably the number one investment in most funds and, you know, they're making a billion dollars a day, they're bringing a billion dollars a day through the door. Yeah. And I'm like, you can own a piece of that company Yeah. right now. And, or, you know, buy into a fund that owns them and owns Microsoft and, you know, the entire S and P or whatever, like there's, there's ways to do it where you're just like, okay, now, if you think it's rigged, do you think that all of those companies are going to fail? Yeah. Or do you think they're going to keep figuring out ways to make money? Like it's 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 not that complicated. And I, I think you know especially when you look at like right now when inflation's burning super hot and the housing market's cooling off and the, the job market's probably going to be cooling off pretty good and it, it feels not good. Like if it feels like your your money's going to take a hit right now. Yeah. This is the time to start because this is this little bear market storm is going to pass at some point and it's going to rip again yeah. and it just and, and it doesn't really matter anyway if you're 25 it's like just get in there and forget about it yeah. like just you know auto you know auto deposit or whatever you got to do but that's like that's a huge one yeah um i'd say i'd go back in time to 25 year old say take care of yourself physically and mentally because you're not going to be happy if you don't Yeah. Like you, you know, that age, you're like, oh, if I got this truck and I got this wife and I got this and I got that, like these things would bring me joy. Yeah. And it's like, you know, how many rich rock stars kill themselves every year? Right. Like there's, it, it, you got to take care of yourself. You got to, you got to do what you got to do to stay in shape or get in shape, you know, like some maintenance level at least, and then take care of your head. Like, you know, because I mean, and it's so hard to grasp when you're that age, but when you, when you hit a certain point, you're like that stuff, like I, there's, there's nobody else who owns that, Like, yeah. that's on you. You yeah. know? So I would say those are, those are things I'd go back to for sure.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I never like got into investing. Like I didn't know, but I did say when I started working, I said, here is money into this, Uh, I guess you would call it, uh, um, I don't know, an an IRA of sorts. Okay. Yep. And so every company I worked for, since, uh, since I started in college, I was able to roll over, roll over, roll over. And even if it was just a month or two here or there, and I, I had some time where I was laid off, but then I, I got it, uh, all the way up until, um, I ended up getting laid off from my last job before I started the the network and it, it, what happened was I got a, I got a, a notice in the mail saying, Hey, we just want to verify that this is still the correct information. And I have an account that had this money that I've had, you know, for damn near 20 years now, just kind of snowballing. And it's not enough to retire on, but it, but I forgot about it for eight years and yep. it's just sitting there and it's doing something and so that was i don't know that was kind of cool to see that i had i had x number of dollars in this account and it was it was doing something and that's the only thing that i think i listened to my dad about right and so my <laughs> dad was like dude just put if if a company's going to give you free money Put as much in as they're gonna match, and it's just a no brainer, right? Because you're just yeah. gonna blow it anyway, and so well, yeah.
1: yeah, free money, dude.
0: Yeah, free money. <laughs> and,
1: uh, I can't remember. I think it was Fidelity or Vanguard did a study on um, IRA balances and what kind of wh- who performed the best. Yeah, because that's you know that's the thing. Well, can you beat the market? Can you do this? Can you you know are you are you pacing with inflation? What are you doing? And what they found was the people who forgot about their count accounts did the best yeah, because their emotion was gone. So when you get into a bear market and they're like, Oh my God, I'm down 40% and, and they sell those people. Didn't they just let it ride. Like you're talking about and their money was making them money. Yep. And it's just such a, it's like a, it, it, I know there's, there's probably young, younger dudes listening to this. that are like, ah, I'm not, I'll start later or something. I'm like, no, like, trust me. Yeah. Like that's do it. Just figure out how to do it.
0: Yeah. So, I'll share one of mine real quick and it is so when I was uh when I was in high school and even in college like leading into college I would learn a lot of what I thought women wanted (laughs) from (laughs) one of my buddy's older brothers and you know you look up to an older kid like that you're like oh you know you start to like girls a little bit and and you're you're Buddy's older brother is giving you advice and like, hey, here's what you need to do. You need to like whisper this in their ear or maybe take a button off your shirt and let your chest stick out. And like just, you know, and, and I came to realize that, uh, you know, he was getting his information from Hustler. Right, like, or, or some kind of like porno mag. It's like, you know, 10 steps to getting the lady, you know, like flaunting money and watches and shit like that. So I can remember I like I worked all summer long and I had this like cash and I was, and he was like, dude, you need to get a watch. These chicks <laughs> dig watches. I'm like, oh, no shit. So I don't know why I listened to him. I went to I went to the mall and I bought a watch. For like three hundred bucks at the time, um. yeah, and so, and so I I got it and I started wearing it around and I can remember going to a party, and it was in the summertime and I'm wearing this really nice watch that did not go with my T-shirt and jean shorts that I was wearing, <laughs> you know, like just like you look like a redneck who found a watch, really. Yeah, what I looked like stole and so, a watch. Yeah, stole Probably a watch. right. And they're like. Uh, I can just remember this one girl going, Hey, uh, uh, what, uh, what's that? And I said, Oh, that's my new watch I got. She's like, It looks ridiculous. And I just like, I was just crushed. Like, I was like, Are you kidding me? So I, I get, I'm like, I go back to my uh, buddy's brother and I'm just like, Hey, man, you told me this was going to work, man. And he's like, I, If I would have given him money, I would have tried to get my money back out of him, you know, type of (laughs) type of scenario. But uh, we but so what I'm getting at is I wish I would have never listened to him and maybe tried, tried like having like real serious conversations with girls instead of trying to impress them with bullshit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah good call <laughs> yeah. I mean you know the other thing that you you figure out with that too is people are just attracted to effort mm-hmm. like if you're if you're getting after it a little bit and you're taking care of yourself and you're you know like responsible yeah That's I, I and honestly I kind of think it's an evolutionary thing like you're just a provider yeah but I think and it but I think it goes both ways and I just think like man some effort effort in yourself and just like Taking care of shit works pretty well.
0: Yeah. And and so I would go, one of the other things in that same category, it was like, and, and this is just like what I learned about women. It was, they love to laugh, right? And so like, they love to be happy. And so if you can get them laughing and yep. get them positive, it just works out for you. And so yeah. and so when it comes to that, I uh, it took me a while for that to sink in. But then once I found, once I found it out, like, Hey man, I'm really good at making people laugh. And so I just started being a dumbass, And sometimes that landed me in the friend zone, which was not a cool place to be, but other times it worked. And so I was, uh, I was okay with that. Yeah. Sense of humor is important. Yeah. Sense of humor. And, uh, okay. So things I wish I knew before I was 30, is there anything else that jumps out at you that, uh, that you, you know, uh, uh,
1: the last thing I would say is you're probably giving way too much weight to the idea that people care. Yeah. You know, I mean, we yeah. see this, you know, you see this all the time with the size of the buck you shoot and the bullshit you post on social media. Yeah. And it's like most people aren't thinking about you at all. Ever. Right. You know, and the embarrassing shit you do, most people don't remember that. Right. You know, even, even if it's like a core memory for you because you did something wrong real dumb. Yeah. Most people don't remember it at all. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll I'll add one more real quick and it kind of goes back to finances. Um, I made a, a, I set a goal for myself and I said, I want to like out of college. I said, my goal is to make this much money by the time I'm 30 or 30, something like that, Uh, this much money a year. And as I got older, it like all of my Goals came away, and I didn't talk about money, and it it became more goals on time. Like I'm mm-hmm. gonna make time to go on this Western hunt, or I'm gonna make time to go visit my buddy in wherever he lived, or you know, or, or yep. I'm gonna make time to go do these things. And it never really, yes, money came somewhat into the equation, but it like at the it, the focus as you get older you realize like you go from i'm young i'm going to live forever to i'm not that young anymore and there is there's a there's a clock that is ticking and it doesn't go forever yep so yeah
1: oh that's a good one yeah i mean and i i would say on that too is like your your mindset around life yeah like the things you think you can't do millions of people do every day. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, like, I mean, I remember, you know, growing up and I, I remember, you know, I I started bow hunting with my dad. Right. Right. And at one point when I was in high school, they went and looked at, uh, my parents went and looked at a property. It was like 40 acres. And I remember thinking there's no way they can afford to buy 40 acres. And I remember my dad, it, it was a cool property. Yeah. And my dad was just like, you know, hemming and hawing on it. And like, oh, like, I don't think we can make it work. And they passed it up. And I remember that that land was $600 an acre at that time. Jesus, man. And it was beautiful southeastern Minnesota, big buck country type of stuff. And I just remember thinking, well, of course, like, of course we can't afford that. Like, there's no way we're going to own land. And then as I got older, I'm like, you know, like everybody who's listening to this probably wants to own land. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, that's never going to happen to me. And then I ended up finding a property, a little property in Wisconsin, where I was like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And it, even then, that was a cheap property and I was terrified. Yeah. And then I bought it and I was like, oh, like you you just like adjust, you know, the same thing happens when you have kids or you find out your wife's pregnant with two kids and you're like, how are we going to afford this? Yeah. You figure it out. Like yeah. you got to, there's a lot of anxiety and fear for those unknown things, but man, there, you can you can accomplish a lot more than you think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I, I had an opportunity to buy a farm at twenty five hundred dollars an acre here in Iowa, and now that same property is worth like sixty five hundred. Of so, course, you know, and it's just <laughs> you you just got to at some point pull the trigger and eat the shit sandwich, and that way, and you find ways to make it beneficial, whatever. You know, it, it's it's just. Trying to figure it out, man, trying to figure it out. But
1: that goes right back to what you were talking about, about time, right? Right. If you, if that's like a kind of a high value priority for you, you know, people, people sabotage themselves all the time and they say, well, I want X amount of acres and I want it to be income producing and I want it to have a pond and I want it to have this and that. And it's like, you know, you might not be there. It's, that's the same thing. I remember in, in college, we had this, this dude in our, in our dorm who was he always talked about women like every every woman was was like not in his league and this dude was not like this was not brad pitt fight club dude right mm-hmm. like he was he was not a 10 but i kind of figured it out i was like oh he's just scared of rejection yeah so every woman isn't good. there's some. there's a flaw with every one of them that yeah. way he doesn't have to shoot his shot and get you know get rejected yeah and it's that's a bad way to live man
0: yeah yeah I uh I went the opposite route when I was in college and I went for the most rejections and like <laughs> like I probably should have had some fear of rejection but I didn't and so I I wish but like certain parts you know you ever heard that uh you ever watched that documentary about the guy that climbs uh uh what's called free solo Or whatever. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, and he he when they did a brain scan on him, the the part of your brain that triggers fear in him is smaller and less active than everybody else's. So, how how sweet would it be to just not be afraid of shit,
1: dude? I that is so alien to me. Yeah, that that specifically where you're climbing 3,000 vertical feet of rock without a rope. I mean, I, I wouldn't do it if you guaranteed me I wouldn't fall. Yeah. Like, I, if there was – there's no way. And I just – I think that that stuff is, like, freaking wild. Yeah, yeah. Like, but on that point, it would be interesting to see, like, the, the more relatable parts of his life because that's, like – very few people can relate to that, right? Yeah. That's a very small subset of the population. But, like – how does that guy treat his finances like how does he treat like his relationships i wonder if that that low fear response feeds everything
0: yeah yeah because at some point you know i i think the guy's just a little bit socially awkward as well um and so and i i don't know i've never met the guy but the when it it seemed like that in the in the documentary But man, I'll be honest, some of the best deer hunters that I know, like a guy who can go out, who can locate deer, who thinks about it all the time, who's obsessed with it, man, you could put them in a circle and you could start picking out traits and some of their traits are like, they're going to be the same. Like, um, uh, one of them is egotistical and socially awkward at the same time <laughs> like you know they 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 it, from a or maybe a hair over the confidence line into the arrogance side but also a bit socially awkward and yeah. so that's so one.
1: Can, can we just say we're talking about mark
0: <laughs> I'm i mean glad. everybody's thinking it yeah right <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. So, okay. Things I wish I knew before I was 30. All right. Now we have a couple more left. We have one, two, four, and five. 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 Shit my dad taught me. Uh,
1: (laughs) oh man. My dad taught me never to pursue a horse chick.
0: A horse chick. Yeah. Okay. 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 A
1: woman who is obsessed with horses?
0: Okay. And it, what was his reasoning behind that?
1: They're all crazy.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: my dad told me, I remember my dad telling me at one point that he uh he found in his life that most truckers and most cowboys were assholes. Yep. <laughs> I don't know how that, and, and I think he maybe had never encountered an actual cowboy because I've been to Texas and out West quite a bit. I'm like, these are actually pretty decent dudes, but yeah. whatever.
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe your uh, dad was just like, man, I haven't uh, really taught him anything, so I've got to say something to him. i got to right? throw some
1: shit against the wall.
0: <laughs> Hopefully it sticks, yeah. It yeah.
1: seems like my son's going to have a really rough go because he doesn't know anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh my, here's you know, here's the sex talk I had from my dad. This is no joke. This is almost verbatim of how it went. So I don't know because my parents were divorced, right? So I don't know if my mom was like, hey, you need to have a talk with him. And out of the blue, one day, my dad came into the room as I'm playing video games with my brother. And he he looks at me and he goes, Daniel. I go, yeah. He goes, do you know what a condom is? I go, Yeah. He goes, do you know how to use it? I go, yeah. He goes, okay, good. And that was it. (laughs) And so uh, that was the extent of the birds and the bees talk in my family. And I I think since my brother was in the room, he counted that as my brother's birds and bees talk too. So whatever. Two birds,
1: one stone situation. Exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, you got a better sex talk than I did I didn't get one yeah
0: yeah if you want to call it that uh, yeah. but our school uh, in sixth grade okay <laughs> in, in, in sixth grade um we had like they pulled the boys out of one uh out of the class and a girl the girls went into another classroom and they learned about you know periods and tampons and things like that and the boys they went with um the the like I think it was like the PE teacher who literally had no first off had no reason to be around kids like just like (laughs) I I don't know like this guy this guy was just like hey man I I showed up today like to win you know like molding minds one at a time anyway so so like and and so what what he did was so we didn't have to ask the question out loud, we wrote it down on a piece of paper and handed it and handed it to him. And so one of one of the kids in our class, uh so we all had to write at least one down. And I was and, and I didn't know. It's like I knew most of this stuff from my buddy's older brother. Uh but it's like what it what are we supposed to do with our boners? You know, like things like questions like that. Right. And so, and then one of the kids, he had like four older brothers and they were like maybe 10 years older than him too. So he, he knew everything already. He knew the terminology. So just to make this guy, this, this PE teacher, like be as uncomfortable as humanly possible. He was like, What's doggy style sex? <laughs> like, oh man What's a cherry buster? And he's just like making it, make it up all, what's finger blasting and like all these all these things that finally he's he caught him and he's like, You gotta stop that. And make like I think he actually made him run laps while we were learning about sex. Oh man. <laughs> we were That's... laughing we were laughing so hard and we we walked out of that almost like a uh, a South Park episode or, you know, just like high-fiving each other or like...
1: <laughs> like you're in a movie and you're yeah. walking away from the explosion in slow motion. Exactly, and like, huh? exactly.
0: We didn't learn shit and all the girls, you know, like, what'd you learn about? And we're like, uh, you really want to know? Because you're going to probably cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, other than that, my dad... Um, one thing that my dad is very like... Detail oriented, and so whenever I would like, he's a no shortcuts guy, and I think when when we we're younger, as kids, or even into the twenties, when I was still like, like I said, a, a dipshit, he's like, dude, that he he taught me that the details matter, and slowing down, doing the job right the first time, uh, was very important, and. <laughs> and, and and I, I didn't necessarily absorb that information, but I did it right the first time because the alternative was him riding my ass and, and about it f- until I did it right the first time. You know what I mean? Like, and yep. and so I would just get so frustrated and annoyed where I'm just like, Hey dude, I'm just going to do it right the first time. You know what I mean? And not because yep. I wanted to be do it for pride but just so my old man would lay off me yep yep so I mean that's a
1: good I mean, it's just, that's, that's not a bad way to go about life yeah getting shit right and thinking it through
0: yeah for sure any other uh big standout moments from your old man
1: you know my dad I dude I, I hunted and fished with my dad so hard yeah. growing up I mean he taught me the the reason I have such a love of the game is him yeah and, Fly fishing, small game hunting, pheasant hunting, bow hunting, deer, fishing, smallies, what you name, bow fishing. Every we did it all. Yeah. I mean, it was every day something when we could, you know. Yeah. So he taught me a lot that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I'm I'm looking forward to filling those shoes uh, for my kids. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't wait till they get like my daughter is there now, right? I, I think that this next season she's going to be able to. Keep up with me walking to the stand, sit in some stands. I'm going to buy, you know, a couple doubles for, for her and yeah. I, she's already knows how to fish and she knows how to uh, cast an open reel without getting a bird's nest in it. I shit, I think she can use a bait caster already. And yeah, so, that's... and so she's, she's ready. She, she yep. just, and, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to being that dad. All that's right. So One, two and four two two okay this is a good one chicks from our past who are not our wife and so i wrote it two ways <laughs> i wrote i wrote it that way but i also wrote it this way things we learned from women before our wives <sighs> uh i feel com i feel very com- comfortable and confident in this topic because our demographic is in this show is ninety seven percent men. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: I would I would say the thing probably the thing that I learned over a long time was just be real honest. Yes. If you're not, you're gonna get found out, yeah. and that goes for whether you're interested in a single night with them or an entire life with them.
0: Right. Uh, Right.
1: The less bullshit you bring to the table, the better.
0: Yeah. I like that. I like that. And, and so when you, <laughs> like, I just, one thing that I've learned about women it, before my wife was this navigation. Like, there's no such thing as a straight line when you're t- trying to communicate with them. Okay. And so I could, uh, I could say to you, Tony, uh, I don't like your shoes, and you would go, okay, I do, and then the conversation was over, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. things like that, or or hey, wh- Tony, where do you want to go to eat tonight? I want to go get a sandwich. Okay, let's go to this place. Okay, you know what I mean? Yep. And and so one thing I've really had to learn over the years is how to filibust decision making with. If, if that makes any sense, right? So, like, uh, elongate your thoughts, elongate your communication, and even go into worlds that may not really even exist to pull an answer that they um, will accept. Because most of the time in, in my past, a yes or no answer just doesn't really work. Yeah.
1: I Listen, I don't want to sound like a sexist prick, yeah. but one of the things that drives me nuts about my wife is she is not direct when she wants something.
0: Yeah. And, Same. You know,
1: if she wants to go out to eat somewhere, you know, cause it's taco Tuesday someplace or something and she wants a margarita, she like starts dropping hints. Yeah. And I'm like, just ask me or yeah. tell me, I don't give a shit. Yeah. But just like, we don't have to play these games and it, it happens all the time with like, you know, she sees something around the house she wants done. Yeah. And it's like we don't we don't need these histrionics, man. Just like just tell me you want the gutters cleaned out. Yeah, and I'll say I'll do it this time. And when I don't, just remind me, and I'll do it some other time.
0: <laughs> and I'll procrastinate until you get pissed yeah. at me. It turns into an argument. We'll threaten divorce, yeah. and then we'll uh, recover from it, and eventually it'll get done. Yeah.
1: The, yeah, yeah. One of the one of the things I've I've learned with especially with my bride is she will mention something and there's a lot of like code hidden in there like that she will like make an observation about something oh the driveway is this way or i noticed this about something and she's not just offhandedly saying look at how red that cardinal is she's saying i need you to do this about this yeah and so we have like seven fights a week where i'm like just freaking ask me like we don't I don't, we don't have to play these games. I'm a freaking caveman. Just (laughs) draw it on the wall and yak blood. I don't give a shit. Just tell me what you want.
0: Ah, yes. If it were that easy. And, you know, from a science standpoint, right? you, You talk about certain, there's like, how many species of animals are there in the world? Like millions of different species of animals, birds, fish, turtles, reptiles, you know, whatever and only three of them mate for life tells you all you need to know about the male and female compatibility. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like, I know guys who have been married a long time and they are, they are cavemen and they are there to, to breed and fight and, and probably shouldn't even raise kids, but they do and those kids are going to turn out just like them you know so, yep <laughs> so yeah. so um what 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 is cool about all the failed relationships i had before before uh, my wife were like i didn't understand like the how important communication was right yeah. and so the the girl that i dated before um before my uh, wife was like we got really close to getting engaged like i was looking at rings and stuff like that and then that's when i really jumped in like head first into deer hunting and so the priority and i actually talked about this believe it or not um last week i recorded an episode with a guy who is a a marriage counselor and so we talked about relationships and marriage and so that that one if it's it's out already so if you're listening to this go check it out but just how important communication is because if you are shitty at communication your world will burn and fall apart because uh you gotta and like I said you kind of gotta play it out and fill the bust and and just just go almost way overboard and then you know so So like, I'm going to go deer hunting tonight. Well, you you love deer hunting more than me. Well, you know, when you act like this, yeah, maybe I do. (laughs) So, um, but I'd never said that to her. Man, I, I know
1: that you've dealt with this and seen this with your buddies and stuff, but that, you know, that kind of thing, when you're, when you're dating and you're presenting your best bullshit version of yourself and it's all sizzle reel stuff. Yeah. Like that's when you get yourself into trouble right? because then, you know, if, if spending time in a tree stand is a real high priority for you, you better make that known from the onset.
0: Like date number two is, uh, with my wife was, Hey, I just want to tell you this. You're not going to see me much in the fall. And, and yes, that changed a little bit as my kids got into activities and, you know, had children and other responsibilities, but you lay that foundation and it's just like, and then they, they, they accept it more. So it is shocking every year, but I don't know. I've been married 12 years or, you know, no 10 years now. And so it gets better every year, but those first couple of years where it's like, you're leaving to go hunting. I'm like, yeah, I told you this, like it was the biggest conversation I ever had with someone the opposite sex before we even were dating. So no. I just want to, you know, like I, I'm not, I didn't say that just to make it up so yeah
1: well and i mean you you see stuff i i don't see it as much anymore now but you know when i was you know we're in our 20s or whatever and we started hunting you know, north dakota mule deer or whatever you'd see sometimes you know some one of your hunting buddies wives would call four times on the drive out there and by the time you're 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 just setting up camp and you still have a week to hunt they're miserable and thinking about going home because their wife's pissed right and that shit goes both ways like you, you know, I don't care how super in love you are. Like you need your space away and you need your things yeah. and you need to like, you need, you need to be good going and doing your thing. And you need to be good supporting them to go do their thing. yeah Cause otherwise it's gonna freaking fail.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you what, um, I dated this one girl for a little while. And one thing that I really honed my skills on it, is and this is this isn't just a, what a, just in this instant it was a woman who I was dating taught me really how to use my bullshit detector and my crazy detector on not just women but people in general where you can like I feel like I I don't know I feel like I'm pretty good at picking up hints and indicators in people's personalities to kind of, I don't know, uh, identify them uh, in, in a certain way. And so this, this one chick was crazy. Like she was crazy. (laughs) Ever seen that graph where it's like, if a chick is, uh, you know, if her looks are a five, then her craziness has to also be a five or your willingness to put up with her is lower and if she's a 10 your willingness to put up with how much crazy she is 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 higher just because of her looks whatever and so that that graph's pretty accurate and so this chick i mean she was she was pretty attractive but she was crazy as shit and so she taught me like dude you gotta be you you have to also be a good listener in life because If I didn't, if I wasn't listening to some of the crazy shit that she was saying, I could have been trapped in, in some kind of relationship that I didn't want to be in. And so I was just like, holy cow, I'm out. Like just almost like the, the throw a smoke bomb down in front of them and walk backwards out of the room type <laughs> scenario, <laughs> like distract them. Yeah. So I, I had to learn, like, that's one thing I, I learned was man, how to like. Read people's bullshit.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a skill you just keep sharpening over time. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I, it, the hunting industry has quite a few of those guys and gals. Just oh, just, dude, just saying,
1: they have that, and the people who are consuming hunting content have a lot of it too. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that just absolutely wore me out for a while was how many people would reach out to me somehow and, you know, bro me up. Oh, I love your articles, love podcasts, whatever. And you you know how it is. And they're like, Oh, thanks man. Like, that's great. But have a good season. And then they come back around and Hey, you know, we should hunt together Mm -hmm. or I'm going to North Dakota and I was wondering where your spot is. Or like, they want something from you. And you're like, I mean that stuff that happens so much. Yeah. And you're just like, it, it's just, you know, like the first contact is always this con man setup, yeah. And then, and then it's like, what do they want? And then if you're if you're a dick about it, or you're like, no, then they're like, you owe me this. Yeah. And you're like, what? Like what? In what world? I like, I don't know you. We're strangers. I don't owe you anything. Yeah. And that kind of stuff makes you pretty, like you get pretty good at going, okay, I yeah. can see there's something coming behind this contact right now.
0: Yeah. And so, like, I've had that happen before uh via DMs and and stuff private messages on Instagram or Facebook or whatever like hey Dan you know here, you know here's the deal and I respond to almost everybody and like you said being honest and upfront with people is the best medicine because I tell them right off the bat like that I don't share that information and then they're like oh yeah well man I really didn't need to get that out of uh, I was just kind of curious and what and they come up with they come back with some excuse and then they just don't reach back out anymore. Yeah. Right. If you if you're if you're not picking up on that and you're like, Yeah, man, that's a good question. Uh, you know, hey, have try this and then they're they just we lay, like lay on you and lay on you until you're until you just stop communicating with you them. Yeah. And and so I I don't respond to anybody anymore.
1: <laughs> I, I, honestly, I don't. And it's because even And this, this probably sounds horrible, but even somebody who is like super pure of intention and just like, Hey man, I like your stuff. Yeah. They, they always want your time, Yeah, which I, listen, I get it, but I I found myself where I'm like, I have all these like strangers in my life who are like, Hey, can I have your phone number? We should chat or like some, they want your time. Yeah. And you know, like we talked about earlier, I'm like, I don't, I, I know that they look at this, like I'm just one person, like they're just one person. And this is a really little ask. And to them, it really is yeah. like, it, it It honestly is. That's not a big, that's not a heavy lift, but when you get a, like a, when that number really starts to increase and there's a bunch of those people, it's untenable. And I don't want to, like, I don't want to get to a point where I'm like committed to communicating with somebody or something like that. I'm like, I can't like, you're not, I don't know you like this is not, I, I have to use my time other ways. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to go coach my daughter's basketball. I'm not going to sit there and respond to strangers all day.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Okay, we have two more left. One and four. 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 Original Nintendo. That's that. <laughs> that is the topic. Original Nintendo. Did you have an original Nintendo when you were growing up? Of course. God damn, dude.
1: I have an original Nintendo. Well, I shouldn't say I have an original Nintendo right now. I have that that one that's like they relaunched it has like 30 games on it yep yep and we have been playing some nintendo lately because it's freaking january in minnesota
0: yeah man uh so back in the day uh we we didn't have a nintendo like i can remember when my parents got divorced my dad was like hey you want to go to the movie the movie store and pick up some movies and we would rent a vcr and we would rent a nintendo and rent a game for the weekend and then bring it back to his duplex, and we'd—that's what we did all weekend, right? We'd play, we'd play. You know, we'd go hiking in the in the mornings usually, or go out and do something outside, and then we would come back after lunch and just play like ten straight hours of Nintendo. I mean, like <laughs> just just Nintendo, Nintendo. And so, like, I can't believe how much time that I I played original Nintendo when I was a kid
1: yeah oh dude me too yeah I. my daughters because we're playing so we're playing some games right now and they're like how are you so good and I'm like I don't know I played 70,000 hours of this when I was eight. <laughs> I don't know like and it's stuck
0: yeah. <laughs> like- yeah I've played more minutes of this than you've been alive yeah yeah what was your go-to game back in the day
1: oh man you know i we we played a lot of like contra and super contra yep. and you know super mario 3 i mean we played them all dude yeah. like um zelda like yeah. i get i go on a this is so weird but i go on a little zelda kick every winter because my daughters like to play like the original zelda Yep. and we'll go through it and like solve it one time and i'm like that's good and that's i was talking to a buddy of mine about this like i've you know this is like the only video game console I own. Like I, I've never been like a, ever since I at least when I was little and the original came out, like I've never been a a video game guy. Yeah. And so even now playing with my daughters, if we do like a half hour, 45 minutes or an hour kind of thing, I'm like, that's enough. But man, it's still pretty freaking fun. Oh yeah. Other than my little girls are just terrible at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll tell you this. Uh, when, you want to talk about violence? Like me and my brother would have straight up fights. If I saw him like beating my record and he's five years younger than me. And so I saw him beating my record in like duck hunt or something. I'd like kick the gun out of his hand and he'd miss him. And then he'd, he'd get pissed and he couldn't like beat me in one-on-one fight. So he'd have to jump me with like an, a heavy object. And so my dad and my mom would have to separate us and, and uh, like, you can't do that. And he, he, he unplugged it while I was, you know, while I was yeah. getting ready to break his record. And I'm like, I did not, you know, like just, just straight up. But a lot of time, a lot of that was uh, just bonding time for us too, because we'd sit there and we'd try to figure a game out. Uh, there was, okay. So one of my, other than excite bike, Right. So you would you'd play yep. you'd you do the regular races, but then you could build your own track. And yep. so I was a huge fan of that. And then so when my parents got divorced, my dad had to go to a laundromat to do his laundry because uh, he didn't have a washer and dryer yet. And so we on Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings, we would just sit there and in the laundromat, there was a room that had an arcade in it. And so my dad would give us a handful of quarters and we'd go play. And one of the games was called Bad Dudes. And um, Bad Dudes was like these two brothers. I don't know if their sister or one of their girlfriends or something got kidnapped by a ninja. And whatever. And so when that came out on Nin- uh, on Nintendo, holy shit, dude. You want to talk about a guy who lived? Like, i I, I just imagined I was a bad dude. And I just like, they were, they would wear jeans. The the characters were jeans and black tank tops. And I was like, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be those video game uh, characters and they just beat the shit out of ninjas. They could do these like spinning kicks. They could throw ninja stars, man. It was, it was just like, it Are was you sure so much fun.
1: Double dragon,
0: <laughs> dude. There's double dragon too, right? It, this is double dragon. I think Double Dragon and Bad Dudes is the same exact video game, but from a different company. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it, it's very yeah. similar. But, dude, Double Dragon, man, that game was sweet. I remember when you could kick the weapons out of the people's oh, yeah. hands, and then you could pick them up and use them?
1: That's, I don't know why, but one of my daughter's favorite games is Double Dragon.
0: Yeah, dude. The whip. They love it. The whip. You could get a whip, and you yep. could— whip people with it. Dude, that was so much fun, man. And then of course Mario and trying to find the warp whistles and, and skip the levels and to like dude, I could literally sit here for another hour and talk about my favorite original Nintendo. Uh do, do you remember
1: uh I tried to play Tecmo Bowl with my daughters. Yeah. They don't know anything about football, so yeah. it's not doesn't work, but do you remember that? that baseball game. I think it was baseball stars where you could like build up your players.
0: Oh yeah. And you can, um, get them higher salaries and yeah. Yeah. Was that
1: what it was? Was that what it was called? Or was it bases loaded?
0: Um, no, uh, well, I, I don't remember. I, I think anyway. it was, I think it was base. Like it was like baseball stars or something. Yeah, like I that. think that was yeah. the one
1: where you could build up like your power players. So they would they hit a home
0: run every time. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but then RBI baseball, Was the one where if you had the American League all-star team, which had like, uh, Jose Canseco on it, Mark McGuire, uh, Barry Bonds, and you could just crush homers every single time. And so that's the, I would always pick up the first controller. So when you would turn the game on the first controller was closer to the selection (sighs) of the American League all-star team Uh and my brother then would have to be the national league all-star team. And so my dad, we would fight over that so much. My dad made a rule in the house that we could no longer be all-star teams. <laughs> because we, that, we would fight about it so much. Well. Yep. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'll have to be somebody else. And so I would always be like the Boston, I think it was the Boston Red Sox. And I'd have, I'd pitch with Roger Clements. And uh, just throw heaters and my brother, you know, and, and, and then another rule was because we would get in fights so much for throwing curveballs all the time and striking uh, out. Uh, uh, my dad's like, okay, you can only throw straight balls. <laughs> so like my dad is literally wasting his time being an umpire of two kids playing video games.
1: Did you just a totally unrelated question, but yeah. did your dad go gray
0: young? Uh, no, he didn't actually. Oh, no, nope, no. Nope. But he had a heart attack young. So, okay. okay. <laughs> and I, I was I, like,
1: this, this, there was some kind of physical manifestation of raising you guys. Yeah,
0: there was. And, uh, uh, it was a, a heart attack when he was, man, he's 60 now. So I'm guessing early fifties and the doctor, kept, like my dad had this or like OG diet. And what I mean by that is, I don't know, like he had a diet of potato chips and, um, like meat and potatoes and bacon and like the, I don't know, the, the worst possible diet you could have. And then he had a really high stress job. And so the doctor, I I remember going into the hospital and the doctor was like, well, this is just kind of a fluke. Uh, it's probably because of stress. Uh, yeah, just kind of take it easy for a while. And I'm like, uh, hey, Doc, this is an opportunity for my dad to like maybe change his, his lifestyle yeah. a little bit. Um, do you think maybe you could say something like that? And he's like, well, you gotta... And I'm just like, you dipshit. Like, you went to school for seven years, and that's that's what you're going to tell this guy?
1: Do you, do you think your dad at that time would have listened if he'd have told him to get his shit together? Well,
0: no, he wouldn't have listened.
1: <laughs> but that's probably why... That, <laughs> listen, dude, that's probably why the doctor was like, I, I know where this is going. Yeah, I mean... I think if you took people, I mean, it, people in the medical profession, probably just the same as like police officers. They probably just like, you want to talk about people who can probably read people. Yeah, and, you know, he's probably like, "There's no way." I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm gonna make this dude feel okay about it. And just, yeah, I'll, I'll see s- him in five years <laughs> for the next one.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, doctors, man, I, they just look at a person and one foot in the grave already. Just, well, I, I got to make a tea time. Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure you get kind of immune to it when you're like, you know, you know, like, hey, this is what you got to do if you want to live a long life and, and feel better. Yeah. And when people don't ever listen to you or, you know, I, you know, maybe what two percent do. I mean, I'm sure after a while you get kind of just callous and you're like, screw it. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, you, I'm sure they they read a patient right away and go, OK, this person might be susceptible to some like good advice. Yeah. And most of them aren't. And I'm not going to waste my breath.
0: Yeah. Fact. Fact. All right, so, just so, if you've come in late to the show, here's topics we've already covered today. Uh, Chicks from our past, things I wish I knew before I was 30. Um, What was the last one? Original Nintendo and shit my dad taught me. Now, the last one um, is music from high school. Music from high school. When Tony Peterson was driving around in his T-top Trans Am, Back in high school. Or his <laughs>
1: little gray Chevy S10. Little whatever.
0: gray Chevy S10, probably with no bass in any of the speakers. What kind of music did Tony Peterson listen to when he was in high school?
1: Tool, Rage Against the Machine, Allison Chains, Love Pearl it. Jam. Love it. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, I will say this Allison Chains, they have a song called Nutshell. And it is probably, you know, a lot of people talk about the best, like the best music. I'm more of a, what is your favorite of all time type deals, dude, that song nutshell by Allison Chains is probably in the top five of songs that I like truly one of my favorite songs Yeah, of all time.
1: They're, so, they're so good. Yeah. I, I would say down in a hole is one of my top five probably.
0: Yeah love Allison Chains But shout out to my buddy Chris Adrian who is probably the biggest Allison Chains fan I know Allison Chains fan I know so um did you okay so yes I I got into Tool I got into you know um, the later Metallica I got into all, like Incubus uh, did you ever hear Incubus? Of Incubus I
1: you know what Incubus never did it for me
0: never did it right oh. their original stuff was really hard But then they kind of got, they went down the pop scene um, a little bit. But I liked Incubus. uh, I liked uh, um, Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. 311. I liked 311. Uh, Beastie Boys, obviously, that stuff. But then I had a, then something changed in my life. And you know those catalogs that would come to your house and it's like 40 CD, 40 cds for one dollar or whatever so my bud like my buddy would buy the cds pay the one dollar but then like change his address or whatever i don't like i don't know what it was but you know it wasn't there was always a catch you're not getting 40 cds for a dollar right something else happened after that you had to do he just yeah well how did that work because it committed
1: you to something
0: right and so he just never did it, and nobody ever like followed up on him. They just kept sending him bills in the mails, like, oh, okay, well, you signed up for this. you have to pay a member I think it was a membership. Oh a, yeah, a I membership. Was- yeah. So anyway, he got a in high school, he got a uh, a little CD called "The Chronic" by Dr. Dre uh-uh. <laughs> And dude. We would sit in his and this was this was on Super Nintendo now, not regular Nintendo. We yep. would sit in his room in his house, play Sim City, where you're building you know, you're building the fake city, and yep. listen to The Chronic by Dr. Dre on repeat. And yep. so Snoop Dogg was you know, like Snoop Dogg was in that on that album and, and uh and so that was kind of my my like you know, like gateway drug into uh, into that uh, genre of music, I guess you could say. And I really never left it.
1: <laughs> isn't it, dude? Isn't it wild how that shit you grow up with just sticks?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And just, and, and how I went to school probably learning the same shit for however many years, and I can still remember every lyric to a song, but I yep. can't remember how to tie my shoes. You know what I mean? Like just. Yep just just the craziest shit so um so like Dr. Dre and the Chronic and then that just led into like all the Snoop Dogg albums it led into like like Notorious B.I.G. and and uh you know Tupac and and all the the Gangstar and the Wu-Tang Clan and and all that stuff that's like okay dude you actually can't relate to any of what they're saying, right? There's no drugs in your neighborhood. There might have been drugs, but, you know, there was, there was no real drugs in your neighborhood. There was no violence or shootouts. So everything that they were saying in their raps, you couldn't relate to, but you listened to it anyway, you know, basically for the, the beats or whatever. And uh, uh, I can remember one time I'm sitting, uh, I borrowed my dad's car to drive to another town I put the chronic in that. And, uh, so me and the guys went to a different, uh, our basketball team had an away game, drove the car that drove it right back. Forgot the CD was in there next morning on our way to church. Just like, fuck you, bitch. (laughs) Like eject button right out the window. And he threw it. And I I was like, I I threw it out. (laughs) Yeah. He threw it straight out the window. And so oh, man. yeah so I was like dude you know how many dishes I had to wash for that CD man Uh-huh
1: <laughs> So did you Were you were, were you into Sublime?
0: Oh, Sublime, yeah, dude. We had we had Sublime for sure.
1: Dude, I like I don't know. This was maybe 6 7 years ago. I found a Sublime CD in my truck. My yeah. truck still had a CD player. Yep. And I, I remember I found it because I was I was hunting in northern Wisconsin. It was in October, and I put you know it was their popular the one with Santorini and all of the, yep. you know, the the Sublime disc. And yep. I listened to that whole thing and I was like, this is this was so good and I like yeah. totally forgot
0: about it. Yeah. And then you find out, uh, you you did you ever watch the documentary on sublime yeah, where yeah. the guy was like, Holy shit. I'm only creative when I'm on heroin. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, he tried to, he tried to write music off of it and it just sucked. And then he got back on it and it got good. And so yeah. he was like, then he got- yeah, then he got dead. So
1: yeah, listen, Hey, if there's young kids listening to this, the other thing I would say about if I could go back to 25 year old Tony, and tell, talk to everybody would be just probably skip the heroin.
0: Yeah, right. Just don't yeah. do drugs. How about that? We'll just don't do, do not well, don't do hard drugs.
1: I would say addictive very drugs. specifically, don't do heroin.
0: Okay. All right. Don't do heroin. There we go. Be, <laughs> be,
1: be very cautious of all <laughs> drugs, but specifically just steer clear of on that one.
0: Right. I think we found the uh, title of, of this week's podcast. <laughs> don't do heroin.
1: Specifically, specifically,
0: don't do heroin. (laughs) Uh, So, did you ever go to any concerts when you were in in high school? Tons. Tons of concerts. Okay. Because they probably came through the Twin Cities all the time.
1: Well, but I wasn't from the cities. Okay. Um, But I, I went to my first concert when I was 14. I went to see Bob Dylan. Okay. And then after that, it was... Violent films, Pearl Jam. I mean I saw I saw I don't know how many concerts I've seen live like or I've been to, probably a hundred. Yeah. Maybe maybe more. Um I never got to see Alice in Chains and I never got to see Nirvana and both of them really bother me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Man, I got to one of the Okay, so then, you know, like th- the harder stages of life, uh, I got to see Puddle of Mud and the uh oh, Chris Deftones, mm-hmm. uh, I got, and Godsmack. I got they were all oh. in a concert together. The craziest concert I ever saw was Tool. Yeah, that. Okay, so here here's how this. Um, the guy was wearing a speedo, uh-huh. uh, and for those who don't know, his whole body, like his body, is the tattoo a tattoo of the skeletal system uh, across his mm-hmm. whole body. And he was painted silver and he stood behind a speaker the entire night and sang into the mic, like where no one could really see him. Meanwhile, there are three na- naked, but naked people, uh, spray painted silver or painted silver hanging upside down, swinging from yeah. the, the, uh, uh, and I was just like, "This is a circus show." I mean, it was it was crazy, but I loved their music, so it was uh, definitely definitely worth it. And then I saw Incubus in concert too, and and that was uh, that was awesome, dude. I, I never I never like moshed and, and crowd surfed so hard in my life.
1: Oh yeah, dude. We yeah. I saw I saw a Tool probably the same tour because they had naked contortionists hanging from the ceiling yep. and shit. Like that. The wildest the wildest that we saw we we got to go backstage one time totally by accident when uh, stained was just like kind of getting big yeah so we got to stand backstage and watch them play and then we got to be backstage for slipknot oh boy when like we were standing next to the trailer when like those guys were putting on their masks and getting ready and then we got to go under the stage this was at Edgefest or X-Fest or whichever, whatever one it was at the time. Yeah. And, and so we were like under the graded stage. So you could look up and like slip knots playing like a foot above your head. And then you could look out on the crowd, like from their view. Yeah. And it was freaking nuts. Yeah. Like so freaking cool. And yeah, I mean, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, fun. Uh, I'll share one story. When I was at the incubus concert, there was this guy in our area and all the girls that would crowd surf, he would, like, go up their molest shirt, the shit basically, yeah, molest the shit out of them, basically. Yeah. And so, oh, my God, I this is the, to this day, it's probably the second hardest I've ever seen anybody get punched. This guy went and put his hands, like, down this girl's pants, I mean, deep, like, yep. the, re- the wraparound type shit. Another guy saw it, and I don't know if it was his girlfriend or not, spun him around, punched him right in the mouth, like, right in the mouth, and you could see the ripples of his (laughs) cheeks in the, like, the strobe lights and stuff, and he went down, and then people just were, this guy should be dead, like, people were just standing on top of him, and all all around him, and finally he gets up, and he, like, makes his way, like, over to the side, and then... Like, I don't know, dude, but he hit he hit him so hard. It was crazy, but he deserved it. But that's it. what's supposed to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean,
1: but those those environments, man, the wildest I, I you know, I've seen people get freaking destroyed. Yeah. Um, the wildest that I ever saw it, it was pretty wild. We saw Primus and Beck one time and it, Neil Young played that day like that was like weirdly wild. Yeah. But do you remember the crystal method? They're like,
0: like, like indie rock, like, but like mixed with techno.
1: It's like hardcore techno. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, they played somewhere one time and we got in the middle of it and it was like chaos. Yeah. Like everybody's leaving here with PTSD, <laughs> not like not fun chaos. Right. Where you're, I, I saw the same thing. I saw a band. I don't know if you ever heard of coal chamber. I yep. saw cold you know, seven and seven dust. Yeah, and it was the same kind of thing where you're like, "Don't fall down. Yeah, don't get in the pit. Don't fall down. Right, like you're gonna you're, die. Oh, dude, you're <laughs> yeah. Like this is you're getting airlifted out. Yeah, those. I, I miss I miss going to live shows. I don't go anymore because my hearings got so screwed up. Yeah, but
0: man, that shit was so fun. Oh yeah, and the thing about it is you're you're in fear for your life if you fall down. But then, or you're smashed up against the gate and you can barely breathe. Yeah. And, but then, then you're walking out of there going, let's do it again next weekend, dude. You know, oh, dude. just such a rush. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, such- the benefits of being young. I would hate, <laughs> like, I hate waiting in line at self checkout at Target. I <laughs> now, so I like, yeah. just put me in that environment. I would not do well. Yeah.
1: Well, I wouldn't either. Cause I don't drink anymore. Right. And- that would be a hard, that would be a hard environment to stomach as a 42-year-old sober dude. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and then you're officially that guy if yeah. you, you're our Already age passed. at a concert. Yeah. Hey, and yeah. what are you doing here, man? I've been coming to every one of these concerts since these guys started touring, man. Yeah. No, yeah. there's a,
1: there are a few bands I'd probably make an exception. Very, very few yeah. that I'd still go to just because I love them so much. But yeah. mostly the live music phase of my life is over.
0: Yeah yep absolutely well that covers all of the topics i had (laughs) had for today tony um i I love that none of them had anything to do with deer hunting no i needed it like i said we we brought deer hunting in when necessary but then you know life is more than just deer hunting so yep i hope uh i hope you enjoy the rest of your day enjoy the rest of your week we'll have to do this again and uh as always tony i appreciate your time Awesome. Thanks, buddy.